guest today on the show is Alec Grant. He's a father of two, nine-year-old boy and a 12-year-old boy. And he's just going to be sharing his perspective of a single father and growing his, his boys on his own and the different sort of challenges he's had to face and what support he's had in place. And just basically, he's going to be talking about his journey, how he he's preparing his boys for adulthood. So I'm not going to say any more. Alec's going to tell you all about it. So let's welcome Alec onto the show. Yeah. Hi, Sandra. I'm good. Thank you. I'm very good. Good to finally uh, get to a uh, chat. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been a while. We've been trying to go back and forth, isn't it? So I'm glad yeah, I managed yeah. to uh, get you on the show. So if you want to just read out your bio to everyone, just so they can get to know about you, a little background and everything, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah. So my name's Alec. I'm a solo parent to two, two boys. They are 12 and 9 yeah you know it's a uh, you, you juggle right as a as a solo parent you juggle a lot but you know it is what it is i you know, worked for myself for a good few years now since 2012 was in the corporate world in technology in the city some of us would have done and know very well and decided that i needed to get out and, and do my own thing so yeah in, in 2012 i um set off on my own journey of knowing a little bit about wanting what i wanted to do in terms of you know next steps for career um but knew i didn't want to go back into the corporate world and and, and so I took a chance and i've been doing that so a bit of consulting freelancing work um and then a few years ago myself and the guy i met set up a um, data analytics technology business yeah i've been doing that and i'm just coming out of that now so by the end of may i'll be finishing up on that and yeah moving on to new things i'm going to do more social impact type work and my projects yeah so how are you finding juggling your work and and home life yeah it's it's a constant juggle it's hard but it is you know i don't have any choice but to, you know this is this is my luck if so to speak in terms of what the cards that i've been dealt to you know to raise two young boys on my own at least i have some flexibility because it's i, I work for myself you know it's me and my business partner we've got various people who work for us so i can dictate to some extent you know my working hours and things like that and and when I take time off so you know it's Easter now and you know I'm I'm off for two weeks um nobody's to call me message me anything during this period because this is my time and you also kind of have to learn to to develop processes frameworks to deal with 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 everything so I'm a, I'm a techie and a bit of a geek with it as well anyway so I use kind of technology to help to stay to help me stay organized to be my second brain as I call it so anything that I need to do either for work or if it's the boys schools or, or any other thing it goes into my calendar or one of my systems that I use tools that I use um, and that helps me a lot so yeah I'm a bit a bit fully anal with organizing <laughs> so yeah you know what it's like when you're getting you know how many different emails from work and then how many different emails for the school and there's this thing and then that thing and the next thing and, and whatever. So yeah, my calendar, my Google calendar, uh, um, as long as I remember to put stuff in there, that helps me uh, remember the things that I need to remember. And the rest is just, yeah, you've got to be this prioritize. You've got to be, you know, got to prioritization is, is massive where there's always 2000 things to do. And clearly it's only 24 hours in a day. 
you can't do all of those 2,000 things. So, you know, you've got to become an expert prioritizer, even though there's something that you, you might really want to do or is more interesting. You know, those hard, difficult, boring jobs, you've got to get out of the way first before you get to the stuff that, that you like doing. And without that, you'd be harder. But also well-being is a big thing for me as well and, and has been throughout my life, just not in the way that it is now. And so I, I meditate, I do yoga. Yeah, and, and a lot of things in that space. And I make sure that I take breaks regularly during the day. Yeah, cold showers. Um, yeah, there's a few different things I do in that space to, to help me stay as balanced as I possibly can. I'm loving that, you know, because it's number one, I'm finding a lot more men are moving towards meditation and yoga and all those sort of things that you probably years ago, you wouldn't associate many of those yeah. fields. So I'm really happy when I hear yeah. it and, and, and I can see more men, even when I take the kids them to the park, I'm seeing a lot more men, dads out with their children. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and I'm loving that. I, I love that all the time. And I love the way you prioritise in terms of, well, putting stuff in the calendar, as you say, as long as you remember to pull it in there, you're good to go. Yeah. And I guess everyone's got their own idea and their own way of how they organise their day yeah. and how they organise their life. So in terms of you as a dad now, with your son, 9 and 12, did you That's say right. your, yeah. your sons were? Yeah. So what kind of challenges are you finding right now in terms of their growing up and, 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 and what they're going through at the minute? Yeah, where to start? So, you know, my 12 year olds obviously a tween, year seven, at secondary school. There's that big leap from the comfort blanket of a junior school to now you know being at school where up to year 13 so you know much bigger school more expectations of them in terms of responsibilities so you know he's dealing with that and he's dealing with as we all have hormones and emotions kicking in and doing things that he doesn't know why he's done them and it's just yeah so but again you know it's the set of challenges that we all have so one of the things that I do is I, I seek out you know advice from the people that that have done there, been there, done it and, and got a t-shirt and then try and use some of those suggestions or ideas is, you know what does my version of that look like so there's a podcast that I listen to called Daily Stoic which and uh, for the past few years which is which is now a mainstay in my life and there's another one called The Daily Dad and then there's another one called Optimal Relationships Daily and then a Thursday and a Friday it's focused around children and raising kids and, and those sets of challenges so I use those things to help me and yeah my nine-year-old is coming into his own in terms of personality identity you know he's got a big brother there who's seen doing things so he wants to do things and he thinks he's you know on a similar par at time <laughs> so and they inevitably butt heads and my siblings do and sometimes it's a minor thing and then other time or, or looking on the outside in it's a minor thing but obviously in the eyes of kids what we see as adults can be a minor thing to them it's you know some big thing the world is ending and all the rest of it so navigating that and you know simple things Things that when you're a solo parent, you know, if someone's got a party or an event or whatever, the other one's got something that's overlapping, how do I make it work? So it's then trying to tap into parent network. You know, if I do the drop off, will you do the pickup or, or <laughs> you know, any combination of those sets of things to make it work? And obviously, you know, running the house, um, you know, stuff's got to get washed, clean, pack lunch.
lunches, uniform, etc., uh, etc. Et so, yeah, um, thankfully, I say thankfully. So I'm kind of old school-ish when it comes to stuff around the house. So I, I, I was raised by Jamaican grandmother. So I was involved, you know, I was very domesticated from a young age, cooking, cleaning, washing, the whole shebang. So my boys are very much domesticated with age-appropriate things around the house. And that includes, you know, they both like to cook and bake as well. So they get they get involved and join in, you know, nice. in, washing machine, dishwasher, stripping the beds, the whole thing, changing the towels every week, changing bed linen. You know, they, they we all get involved in, in that. I'm loving that. Absolutely loving that. And you know, I did read, I did read the book, Dad. Yes. Yes, that you had a contribution yeah. in your part. And I know in there that you spoke about your grandmother so highly. Yeah. Man. You know, she was like literally the love of your life and, yeah. you know, how devastated you were when she passed and everything. So do you feel like she's the one who's given you those skills and, and those sort of life lessons that you are given to your children? Yeah, absolutely. You know, she comes from a generation that you know the times were hugely different but you know she felt one of the things that she could give to us you know she was limited in terms of um education in terms of formal education but there was so much about life that she knew and being your own person and running a home and, and all the rest of it so you know those were the skills that she passed on to us so that you know by the time you know I was a young man I could cook wash clean you know look after myself etc etc so I I tell the boys this that it's not about me being mean <laughs> and loads of stuff to do, even though almost all of their friends don't really do much of the stuff that they do. I'm like, look, I want by the time you get to eighteen, you're gonna whatever pathway you take, you know, if you leave the house and go off on your own journey, you're gonna have all these skills, you're gonna be so far ahead of everybody else that, you know, you're gonna be fully confident in being able to look after you, yourself. And it goes further than that, because even with my with my twelve year old as well. Well, we, you know, we talk about financial stuff. So, you know, we at a high level, you know, he understands about yeah. loans. He understands about mortgages. He understands what interest rates are. Wow. We talk about politics, philosophy, economics, business, entrepreneurship. We, t- we talk about loads of stuff. And I said, look, you don't have to know any, all of this right now. It's about laying the foundation so that by the time you reach 18, you'll have had these conversations enough so that you go into the world, you'll have a whole tool set of skills from being domesticated to you know what it's like you know sometimes i get him to update the weekly shopping online uh, um, you know what, what do we need can't check the cupboards what fruit do we need what veg do we need what tins do we need and then go in and update and then check what the prices of everything are and yeah we do stuff like that i am loving that oh my goodness he's got more than enough skills to take away with him <laughs> I'm loving that. And you're right, because obviously 18, they go off to uni and he can be solely independent. Yeah. You know, and that's what that's what you want for our children. And I and I always say that we're not just growing our children, we're preparing them for adulthood. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what we've got to do. Because as much as you some people might want to baby their children, yeah. that's not doing them any favours whatsoever. You know, some people view this next statement as being tough, but it is what it is, right? I said to them, Look, I'm not your friend, I'm your dad. 
I'm your dad. And yeah. it's my responsibility to give you all the skills that you will need to be able to go out into the world and be a man and make a contribution uh, um, to the world. And therefore, it's not up to me to wait until you're 15, 16, and then suddenly say, oh, gosh, yeah, by the way, there's all stuff that you need to know. That's too late. So, you know, obviously, everyone parents and runs their home the way they want to. And, that, and they're perfectly, obviously, entitled to do that. But within our home, you know, this is how it works. There's more than enough time in the day to play and skylark and gallivant and run up and down and, and all the rest of it. But part of that day also needs to include, you know, chores, you know, schoolwork, self-development, you know, well-being and so on. Uh, uh, um, there's more than enough time to do all of those things and for them still to enjoy their childhood and have fun and so on. Yes, I, I totally agree. And I um, had quite a strict upbringing myself. So I decided, well, it's funny because my mum my was strict, but my dad wasn't. Right. He, he was completely the other end. And <laughs> when I had my children, I had to make that decision where well, am I going to spoil my children? Because I really did love that. But what are my children going to learn from yeah. that? Just getting everything they want when they yeah. want it. So I decided to go my mum's way and learn the, you know, like yourself, learn the um, life skills yeah. from early. And, you know, playtime is playtime, but this time is this time. Yeah. And that's the way it goes. So yeah. as a parent, did you always know how you wanted to bring your children up? I think in, in some, well, I thought I did. Mm. But obviously you don't fully know until you, you know, you're knee deep in it and you're dealing with it. Yeah. Sink or swim or whatever but I knew at least in, to some extent that the life skills that I got from my grandmother uh, um, actually I, I wish I had known some of these other things from a young age enough to be able to not make the mistakes that I'd made it's just about saying actually there's a whole load of additional things that you can know that will help you navigate some of those things there's a saying and I can't remember who or where it's from and it's about learning and the benefits of learning and knowledge. And, and ultimately, it says, the, the, the wise man learns not just from his own mistakes, but the mistakes that other people have made and then apply that to, to their own life. So that's what I'm trying to do. Loving that. Absolutely loving that. So in terms of like you yourself as a single dad getting support, I know you've spoke about a couple of friends and things like that. Yeah. Was there any other support that you felt you could have done with or the circle you now? Because I know I saw a show, I think it's a documentary that you yeah. also did in the barbershop. That was quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And, you know, a bunch of men getting together and they sort of talk the talk in the barbershop, but yeah. not necessarily talking emotionally. They probably do a little banter, more banter, but just probably recently a lot more men are talking more openly about their yeah. feelings and things yeah. like that. So that was really interesting. So if yeah. you want to tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so it's the documentary was called Love Languages. Um, it was about, well, it was about a few different things. Firstly, it was trying to show and represent black men in a different light from a few across the generations. So there's, you know, guys in their 20s, early 20s, right through to guy in his 60s. And just say, hey, you know what? We deal with the same sets of challenges as everyone else. We are actually in touch with our emotions. We will talk freely and we're not afraid to to be in touch with our emotions because that connection allows us to to parent differently to be masculine in ways that 
men haven't previously been allowed to both kind of external societal pressures, but also the role models that we've seen and the behaviors that they've modeled really taught us anything other than being masculine in one particular way or, or a very narrow bandwidth um, for that. So yeah, um, when I got invited to take part in it, it, it was a no brainer really. Um, you know, I see part of my remit is to change the narrative around masculinity and to some extent also black masculinity where men in general get stereotyped and pigeonholed and so on um, but and then black men get another layer of that as well and it was important for me to make my small contribution to that documentary that I wanted to uh, and is contributing to the bigger narrative of saying hey actually there are men out there who are in touch with their emotions who aren't afraid of crying who are um who will um, speak openly, who will talk about the challenges that they face, who will seek help, therapy, counsellor, friends, etc. And uh, and understand that we don't have all the answers. We don't have to live up to the male stereotype of being tight-lipped, holding it in, uh, manning up and, and all the other crazy phrases that, that are banded around. Uh, um, and that's okay. And in fact, it's not only just okay, it's actually powerful. And it's powerful in a way that I don't even know if people will fully recognize it yet just how powerful it is until it becomes more mainstream um, to be okay and, and it's my thing has been that um, it's okay for men to cry at the football match because their team lost the FA Cup final <laughs> or, or they won the FA Cup final or they won yeah it's okay but when it's about something personal when it's about something emotional nah nah you're gonna man up man don't don't I'm not here for that at all and also as well as a man as a father as a uh, Godfather, um, I want to model a different behavior so that my boys, so that my extent, you know, nieces and nephews and godchildren and you know, the you know, wider community of friends and family that interact with me see that that's okay. They learn a different script, they learn a different narrative, so that even if it's too late for some of my generation and the generation slightly below, you know, hopefully for their generation, they see and understand it to be different. That's right, because obviously the yeah. more they see it, the more it will become yeah. the norm. And that's what we're pushing forward to. And I'll tell you what else, Alec, is that I'm the more dads I speak to, I'm learning so much myself. And I think as a woman and any women listening to this podcast are learning is are learning too because they, you know, for so long men have been, you know, the masculine one and the man up, you know, you got a man up and they're not realizing mm-hmm. that it is possible for men to have depression. It is possible for men to have PTSD. It is possible for men to have all the symptoms and things that women normally have, yeah. especially after have uh, given birth. Men yeah. are affected just as much as the women. And I don't think a lot of women realise that at all. No, we don't talk about it. We're not allowed to talk about it. it. It's, you know, you're viewed as whatever, right? When you, to, to, to talk about those things. And, and then we wonder why, you know, the um, the suicide rate among men is whatever. And, and also as well, part of that narrative also is, oh, men just, men don't talk. You don't talk. You don't. Like, yes. What? If you even looked into it and fully understood, it's more comp- it's significantly more complex than men just not wanting to talk. It isn't that; it's far from that. That the men that would love to talk want to talk, but 
when you talk about thousands of years of societal and generational hand-me-downs of this is what it's like to be a man, that's ingrained. That's ingrained in our DNA, right? So it's not as easy as just being able to open up and blah, blah, blah. It'd be great, right? But it's not. So, you know, there's a saying that, that I discovered a few years ago, and it says, be the change you want to be in the world. So I can talk about all these things day and night for, right? But unless I am living that then it's for nothing. So I, ha- I I have to live that life in order for hopefully some men of my generation will take note. But if not for them, then for the younger generations coming through and saying, we have to break the mold. We have to stop this perpetuation of what it is to be a man, what it is to be a dad, what it is to be a black male. Uh, uh, um, and it has to stop. And if I don't, yeah, and I have to live that in my life. And do you know what? I think the early as well for young boys to see that even I was it's thinking the other day I was talking to somebody the other day that I was saying that um, it, even if they had more lessons yeah. in schools under which yeah. curriculum it could come under but if you know because you want to catch if they're not getting it from home yeah, yeah. it's nice that they're getting it from somewhere and if they could teach that in schools that it's okay for men to cry and it's okay you know it will start helping with the process yeah there's you know I, I was fortunate enough to able to go to university and still have a number of friends um, from university who make up a good part of my you know, immediate friendship group. And there's a whole gamut of men who are out there under pressure, sole breadwinner, etc., uh, etc. Et and yes, there is you know disparities and gender pay gap and, and so on and so forth out there. But there's a whole load of men out there who would love to not be the sole breadwinner, who would love to not uh, um, have to come for who would love to have the pressure taken off them of being the sole breadwinner and basically it's up it's my responsibility to go out to work all hours um, and they feel the pressure and they don't talk about it but they feel the pressure on them to earn x amount to provide the house to the salary the car the whole shebang and all the rest of it and, and that and we only hear one part of the argument in regards to oh uh, um, women aren't given opportunities and blah, blah 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 but part of that narrative is saying if we allow men and support men in talking about feeling the pressures of uh, uh, being the sole breadwinner and feeling the pressure that they can't talk about what they're going through. You know, I've got a number of male and female friends and you know, a couple of my female friends are main earners or sole earners. And people talk about men feeling emasculated by... Uh, that role reversal but again it's and you know it's in the dna uh, so on so it's not about them feeling oh it's my role to whatever it's actually <laughs> and, and not wanting to break free of that they want to break free of that right yes. Do you think men would, were out there not wanting to spend more time with our children to be, you know, more actively involved? You know, I go to school assemblies and all that, and I'm still pretty much the, the only male parent, give or take, at most of these events. And that's not a criticism of the, the other fathers. That's the role and pressure that they feel to have to be the breadwinners, main earners, etc., etc. So, and and then they feel that, therefore, what comes with that is they just have to to go to work they just have to go and 
family. They haven't seen their fathers, their uncles, their granddads do anything different because they weren't at the school gate doing the drop-off or pick-up. So, you know, they talk about, you know, the stuff that you learn from through nature or nurture. And, you know, one of those things is if you've pretty much lived in a home where your dad went out and the money and, and all the rest of it, that becomes ingrained in what you grow up with and what you know and what you expect that your role has to be. Uh, the, the, yeah, the, the narrative is so complex. There's a long way to go. But, you know, there's a few of us working to try and change that. Absolutely. Well, you sound like you're doing a wonderful job with, with your boys, learning all these philosophies <laughs> and life in general. So any other tips that you want to give out there as we wrap this up? Yeah, you know, everyone's just got to do the best that they can. It's hard, yeah. you know, whether you're parenting as a couple, co-parenting, um, solo parent, whatever. It's hard. Just do the best that you can. And I've had a few conversations recently with people and, the, and one of the same themes keep coming up. And, and this will be, my, I guess, the main thing that I want to share is from a well-being perspective, we have to look after ourselves. We absolutely have to look after ourselves because if we don't, that's when things start to go awry. I hope most of us have all been in a plane and we've had, you know, this steward or stewardess you know, give the instructions that you've got to pay attention to. And one that we, we know, we, it's a well-known part of it, right? They say, air masks drops, put your yes. air mask first, right? Put your own yeah. um, on first. first. That's right. As a parent, we need to put our oxygen mask on first before we tend to ourselves. We need to look after ourselves both physically, emotionally, mentally, and, and make sure that we can be the best parent. Is that hard? Of course it's hard, right? Uh, um, but if we don't do that, that's when the trouble starts. Absolutely. Lovely. I'm loving that. Thank you so much, Alec, for your time and to giving us so much knowledge and sharing Thanks, your man. personal, you know, journey journey with everyone so really really appreciate that so where can people get hold of oh, you oh gosh oh, oh man i've got so many different uh, so <laughs> i guess the main one in this space is called change the narrative both on twitter and uh, ig um, change the narrative the handle okay so i'm gonna i'll put those in the show notes down below so anyone who wants to get hold of valic yeah. you can do so thank you so much again yeah. and um we must stay in touch yeah thanks bye all right cheers thank you so much to Alec Grant that was a great chat there and listen I hope you all had something to take away there so for his work-life balance he was saying prioritize you know write things down have a calendar so you don't miss any dates and things and talk to your children about different aspects of their life you know you heard him the children are talking politics and all these kind of things oh my goodness so he's he's, he's setting his children up you know for, for adulthood so they're prepared they're doing loads of chores so they have their life skills and that's what life is about there's no point in in teaching your child when it's too late from two years old they could be putting little rubbish in the dustbin and you know there's always a certain age appropriate chores for their age that they could be getting on with so that was a lesson learned there so thank you very much again Alec and I'll leave his details down below change the narrative that's obviously what we're all trying to do here especially in terms of the men so thank you very much for everyone for listening don't forget to review the show it's uploaded every two weeks and leave me a message if you'd like to hear anything specific let me know and we'll see what we can do for you okay take care everyone bye